0: Recorded live. mouth I will bless the Lord I will bless the
1: Precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kempston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word, where sound doctrine is going out, to thousands of God's people
0: God is worthy
1: are rejoicing and we are glad And amen. The Lord bless you, too. Amen, saints. We had some technical difficulties, but we are back now in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled, The More God Gives You, The More God Expects From You, or The More God Will Take From You. Now, We don't want that to happen to us. Understand, child of God, that just as there are certain things that you and I had to do in order to get blessed, in order to, to get God pleased with us, that he might bless us in the first place, there are certain things that we must do in order to keep God pleased with us, in order to keep God blessing us. We looked at capital A, you are the man. One of the first things we need to do is realize when the word is talking and hitting us. Uh, we looked at Second Samuel 12 and 8, Matthew 26 and 25. Capital B, those who teach. Understand that those of us who teach the word are held at a higher level of accountability. James 3 and one, Second Timothy 3 and 16. Capital C, to whom much is given. Realize that when God has given you much, he's expecting much out of you. Luke 12, 1 Samuel fifteen seventeen, Capital D. Refusing commands that is not a sin. Now keep in mind, children of God, that that will get us in very serious trouble with God. Refusing commands from those that God has placed over us. Commands that are not sin, that are not sinful. If we are refusing such commands... This will get us in very serious trouble with God. And it brings us on down to capital. uh, And we looked at uh, Esther 1 and 12, Acts 4 and 19. It brings us down to capital E in our outline. The proper attitude toward riches. The proper attitude toward riches. We're going to look at the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6 with a special focus on verse 17. First Timothy chapter six with a special focus on verse 17 from the new international version. Our scripture reads command those who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. Watch this who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Once again, Paul wrote to young Timothy, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Capital E in our outline, the proper attitude toward riches. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, again, we thank you. We bless your name. We magnify you. This is the day that you have made. We are rejoicing. We are glad in it. Father, we appreciate you for so many things that you do to us, through us, and for us. We thank you, Father for opening doors for us that we could not see. We even thank you, Father, for doors that you have closed uh, that we don't need to be entering into. Thank you, Father, for for delivering us from the fouler snare, keeping the power of the evil one from uh, having his way in our lives. You do so much for us, Heavenly Father, things that we can't even see things that we are not even aware of, but we say thank you, Father, sincere thank you. We cry hallelujah, which is the most high praise to you, who is the most high God. We appreciate you today, Father, and we trust that as we study your blessed word today, you're going to reveal yourself to us on an even greater level, on an even higher side, that we may do more of the things that are pleasing in your sight. Forgive us of our sins and iniquities, which we have grievously committed against you, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Father, we ask that you will continue to be patient with us as we put to death whatever belongs to these earthly natures, that we may walk in the fullness and the completeness of your Holy Spirit. We trust, Father, that you are going to do these things for us as we will continue to give your name all glory. All the honor and all the praise. This is our prayer. We count these things done in Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Let God's people say amen. Amen and amen. Capital E in our outline. What? The proper attitude toward riches. Now, one of the things we want to understand, children of God, is that everything that exists, Everything that exists in the spiritual realm, everything that exists in the unseen realm, you and I will either have the proper attitude toward it or we will have the improper attitude toward it. Everything that exists, everything, everything that you can see, everything that you can taste, everything that you can touch, you can have the proper attitude toward marriage or the improper attitude toward marriage. You can have the proper attitude toward God or the improper attitude toward God. Everything that exists, we will either have the proper attitude toward it or we will have an improper attitude toward it, all right? Now, you say, why is that important, Apostle? It's important because the proper attitude towards people, places, and things will cause blessings to come into your life. Improper attitude toward people places, and things will cause curses to come in your life. You say, Apostle, bring that on, bring that on into my life. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you have gotten that job that you are working on right now because you showed the proper attitude during the interview process. There are some of you under the sound of my voice that the reason why you got that wife or that husband was because you showed the proper attitude while you were dating. There are some of you under the sound of my voice that there are blessings that have come into your life, tangible and palpable blessings have come into your life because of the proper attitude. I want to encourage about, about 27 people under the sound of my voice, maintain the proper attitude, maintain the proper attitude. Because as you maintain the proper attitude, you will see the blessings of God flow in your life much like the River Jordan. Praise the living God. Proper attitude toward riches. Now, God is is telling me something right now, too, that God said, I'm going to have to, you, you have to share this with my people. There are some of you under the sound of my voice that you have lost jobs, lost blessings, lost marriages, lost relationships because of improper attitude. Father, help us to maintain the proper attitude toward whatever it is in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As we look at 1 Timothy, chapter 6, the Apostle Paul deals with very, very powerful topic, and a very, very powerful subject, a subject that is the cause of many of the problems that we see in humanity today. The Bible tells us that the love of money is the root of all evil the love of money see the love of money not having money not even necessarily being rich the bible doesn't say that having money or being rich is a sin but the bible speaks against the love of money see when you love money what you do is you you use people or you use god to get money but when you love god you you use you you'll, 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 you'll display the proper use of money. God understand. God understands that we use money in our society. There are many things that we use. God is the one ultimately that that created the concept of money. He's the creator of all things. He is the preserver of light and life. God doesn't have any problem with the concept of money, but rather God has problems when when we as human beings have the wrong attitude toward money. Now watch this now, watch this. So First Timothy, chapter 6, verses 1 through about 10, deal with the love of money, the dangers of the love of money, how the love of money has led many people astray. You know, you turn your news on just about every night. And most of the headlines of news have to do with the love of money. Individuals are sinning because of the love of money. Maybe there was a drug deal that went bad, so somebody got killed. Well, because you love money. Maybe somebody broke into a store or broke into a home. Why? Because you love money, you want money, or somebody you know, robbed a bank or, you know, the love of money, the love of money. In many instances, you can trace back human error and human sin to the love of money. But Paul comes in to verse 11, and he charges young Timothy. I want to charge you all under the sound of my voice. Those of you that are watching us, maybe by television, those of you that are watching us, on your computer, your Apple iPod devices, listening on your phone, I want to charge you, children of God, under the sound of my voice, don't love money. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And I'm hearing God speak in my spirit now that, Robert, if they will love me as they are supposed to, if they will seek first me, my kingdom, my righteousness, God has promised that all these things. Things shall be added unto us. What things? Whatever you need. God knows what we have need of even before we ask. Now, you know, the Lord is just flashing something in my spirit right now. Uh, you know, we have a number of churches in Ghana. We have a great man of God down there, uh, Bishop uh, Peter, who's doing an excellent job overseeing the Christian Center Church worldwide. In in Ghana, and uh, I was with them a few months ago, wanted to 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 get back to see them. We've got some seminary schools where there will be graduation. We've got some churches where uh, individuals uh, need to be encouraged and need to be uplifted. But I was concerned about how I was going to be able uh, to get back there as I have to be in uh, Nairobi, Kenya, uh in august and then nigeria uh for some pastors conferences in september and i was just like you know lord how in the world am i gonna do this you know ticket is a little expensive you know it's kind of far and i contacted the uh the airline today and they just gave me a ticket free ticket from nigeria to ghana you know, I had so many miles from from frequent travel. They just gave me a ticket. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? You know, as we commit ourselves to doing the things that are pleasing in the eyesight of God, God will begin to open doors for you and I, children of God. God opens doors for us that we can't even see. See, there are physical doors and there are spiritual doors. Now, what does a physical door do? A physical door in a house. It can take you from outside the house to what? Inside the house. A physical door can take you from one room in a house into another room. Well, a spiritual door can take you from one state of being or one level to a whole other state of being or another level. A spirit, when God opens a spiritual door for you, God can take you from being a, a renter to an owner. God can take you from living in an apartment to living in a house. God can take you from being single to being married. When God begins to open spiritual doors for you, He will begin to He will begin to take you to next level blessings. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Next level blessings. Well, you say, Apostle, what, what, what are you saying? What were you driving at? Understand that there are similarities between going through natural doors. And there, are simi- and there are similarities to going through spiritual doors. Now, you take a natural door. Now, if a natural door is locked, you need what? To get in. What will you need? If a, if a door is locked, you need the key. You need the key. Well, you say, Apostle, what, you, what you're trying to get us to understand? Just as there are keys that are needed for natural doors, there are keys that are needed for spiritual doors. You remember when Jesus asked his disciples, he asked them, who do men say I am? Disciples said, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're one of the prophets. Then Jesus turned that thing around. He said, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Peter spoke up and boldly said, you are the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the anointed one, you're the one. You know. Jesus said to him, he said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father which is in heaven. Then he said, Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom, the keys, the keys. And what do keys let us do? Keys let, they give us access. They give us access. Now, I I think, you know, we have one of the, one of the saints that is, that is listening in on us now that that will be uh, coming into one of the ministry houses. And we've been working for some time now trying to get that property together uh, uh, for the sister. Well, there's going to come a time when I'm going to relinquish the key to her, where she will have access to that house, be able to go in any room, be able to go do all kinds of things. When you receive a key, you will have now been empowered to have access. God wants you and I, our obedience, our study, our faithfulness, our seeking the face of God will cause God to release keys in our life, keys which will empower us and, and give us access to doing things that, that we couldn't do before to getting to places that we hadn't gone before, to seeing things that we hadn't seen before, to operating at a level in our our walk with God and in our spiritual walk with God that we hadn't been to before. Now, in the natural as well as in the spiritual, normally you don't want to give keys to individuals that have not proven trustworthy. Just keep that in mind. Normally, you're not going to just give the keys to your car, to somebody that you don't think is trustworthy. You're not going to give the keys to your house, to somebody you don't think is trustworthy. You're not going to give the keys to your... To, but so, so one of the characteristics that God wants to see in us before he will relinquish his keys, he wants to see trustworthiness. Paul charges young Timothy. Paul charges young Timothy. You look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, the Apostle Paul writes, But you, man of God. Now, why does Paul stress that Timothy and call him a man of God? Because he just finished dealing with false teachers and a bunch of the lies that they telling people for money and greedy individuals that. That's teaching false doctrines and telling people all kind of nonsense just to get the money out your pocket. It's going on. It went on in Paul's day, and God says it's going on today. So, so Paul says to Timothy, "But you, man of God," Paul said, "Look, Timothy, I know that you are a different cut. I know that you are a different cut from these false teachers and these false prophets and these. I, I know that you are, but you, man of God, watch this. Flee." From all this. You say, Apostle, what are you driving at? What is God trying to get us to understand? That in order for you and I to be true men and women of God, there's some stuff that we got to run from. There's some peoples, there's some places, there's some things we just got to run from. There's some stuff we got to stay away from. We got to flee. We got to flee. Because we realize that everybody, everything, everywhere is not conducive to our spiritual growth and development. You say, Apostle, what, you, what you're saying now? It's some folk I just got to leave alone. Child of God, it's some folk you just got to leave alone. It's some places you just don't need to be going there anymore. It's some things you just we don't need to be doing anymore. Paul says, flee all of this. All of this that we just finished reading, that we just finished seeing in in, in in verses one through ten. Apostle Paul says, flee all of this. Watch this. And pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. You say apostle what's right now. There's some things, child of God, that you and I need to be running from. There's some people, there's some places, there's some things that you and I need to be running from. And God says that just as there are some people, some places, and some things that you all, my children, need to be running from, God says there are some people, some places and some things that you all need to be running to. Verse 2. That means it's some it's some folk, it's some things, it's some 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 attitudes, some ways of life that we need to be chasing. Flee this Pursue that God says the problem in many of my children's lives, Robert, is they've been fleeing from the wrong thing and pursuing the wrong thing. Fleeing from the right thing, rather, and pursuing the wrong thing. God wants to turn that. He wants to turn that around in our lives so that we are fleeing from the wrong things and we are pursuing the right thing. And pursue all of this. Watch this now. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life. Watch this. To which you were called when you made your confession in the presence of many, many witnesses. When we accepted Christ, when we confessed Christ in front of people, we told folk we are saved, we are born again, we are sanctified, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. When we made that confession, heaven recorded what we said. Understand, child of God, that everything that comes out of our mouth, heaven is recording. Oh, how many people have gone to jail? You know, I, I remember how they, how they ended up getting O.J. on that uh, kidnapping charge. Characters had had taken some of his memorabilia and was in a hotel room. Had a tape recorder when OJ came in there with his friends or came in there with his counterparts, and they had the whole thing tape recorded. I mean, it was a setup. That's that's obvious. Who who just happens to be sitting around in their hotel room with a with a tape recorder? It was a setup, but nevertheless, OJ said what he said. He said what he said. What comes out of our mouth is being recorded. And the scripture says that we will have to give an account of every idle word on the day of judgment. Everything that slips out of these mouths, this is why we want to be very careful, children of God, with our tongue. It's a small member, the Book of James says, but it makes great boasts. There are individuals have hit hell today because of their mouth, because of their tongue. One of the first things that the Spirit of God will do in the lives of God's people is bring the tongue under control, under subjection. One of the scriptures God is flashing in my spirit now, I may have to look this up and let you all know exactly where it is, is that it talks about if any man seems to be religious among you, seems to be, presents him or herself as if they are religious, and does not keep a tight rein on his tongue. Scripture says he deceives himself. He deceives himself. Tight reins, children of God. Let us keep tight reins on these tongues. If you are, you know, uh, and God is flashing in my spirit, a particular parable, you know, here in our area... Oftentimes, we will, when we cut down uh, trees or or, uh, mow grass, we will take, once the items have dried out very well, and we will burn them. But we have to be very, very careful during when it's very dry and very windy because when you're burning these items, one little spark, or one little ember that floats out of the fire can go somewhere and set something on fire that you didn't intend. In other words, one little, one little spark can do a lot of damage, So it is with these tongues of ours. One little spark, one little one little wrong word. You've got individuals that have lost their job. Because they have said the wrong word on the job, or, or, or said the wrong, in a in a fit of anger, have spoken the wrong, the, the, said the wrong thing, or that an individual had lost a job, career maybe that they had been working on, been working for twenty, thirty years, but said the wrong thing, and ended up losing their position. Let us keep a tight rein on these tongues. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life. Now, my my prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that, you know, as a former athlete, you know, I played hockey growing up, basketball, football. If it had a ball or a puck or something, I I was in it. Oh, I was in it. I was on the volleyball teams, softball team. Oh, man, if it was some kind of a sport, I played it. But my thing as an athlete was, what is the goal? Because every sport has a what? Goal. Well, coming into Christianity, it wasn't a a very uh, difficult shift because Christianity has a definite goal. Let's get this down in your notes, children of God. It's very important. You understand that your Christianity has a goal. We're not just serving God just to be serving God. We have a goal in mind. I hope you have a goal in mind. You say, Apostle, what what is the goal? Paul tells us right here what the goal of our Christianity, the goal of our walk with God, take hold of the eternal life. The goal of all of this, studying and fasting and Bible study and quarterly meeting and, and prayer and all of this, all of this, is that we may take hold of eternal life. You say, Apostle, what's right now? I'm trying to live forever now with God. I'm not just trying to exist forever because every one of you under the sound of my voice, you're going to exist forever. The question is where? We are eternal beings. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? I was speaking with one sister last night. From uh, Durham, who had listened in on the broadcast, he contacted me and, and we were talking and she'd be sharing some things. I said, Look, sister, I said, You need to understand, you are an eternal being. I am an eternal being, meaning that we will never cease to exist. When God allowed your father's sperm to come in contact with your mother's egg, you became an eternal being. Ten billion years from now, you, under the sound of my voice, you will still exist. I will still exist somewhere. Now, whether we are in heaven, in the presence of God and of the angels, or whether we are burning in the lake of fire and burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet have been thrown, we're going to be somewhere. You will never cease to exist. I will never cease to exist. Well, with that being said, since we're going to exist forever, and the only choice is eternal life with God or eternal damnation with Satan and demons, the choice ought to be obvious. We want eternal what? Life, one of the, one of the young saints said, we want eternal life. That's the goal of this. This is, this is what we we in it for. You say, Apostle, well, how do we get this eternal life? You must confess Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. You must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead. And the Bible says, and you will be saved. Paul said you got to take hold of eternal life. Take hold of the eternal life. Watch this, to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, watch the saints, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession. Jesus was testifying before Pontius Pilate, made a good confession, knowing full well that his confession was going to cause him to be hung on a cross, he still made the good confession. My encouragement to you, under the sound of my voice, is that whatever the, the persecution may be, whatever hardship, difficulty you may run into, make the good confession. Let the world know that you belong to Jesus Christ. That you are a child of the Most High God. See, that's important. And now God said, Robert, that's important. That 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 my children warn people that of that. Now watch this. Hear this, saints, because the Lord is just dealing with me on this right now. We are children of God. Hmm. Okay. One of the saints say, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now we're not just ordinary people. We are children. Oh, the most high God, the creator of all things is our father. He is our heavenly father. Now, God has said in his word, touch not my anointed. We are his anointed. As children of God, we are his anointed. He has filled us with his spirit. We are anointed children of God. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. That's a warning. That's a warning that God gives to the world, that God gives to even us in dealing with one another. We can't just treat each other any kind of way because we can get in trouble with God. So it's important that you identify yourself as a child of God before somebody touches you wrong, before somebody mistreats you. Now, they may continue mistreating you even after you have warned them, but at least you have disclosed your duty. You have let them to know that, hey, I'm a child of God. So you might want to think twice about doing something crazy to me because you can get yourself in trouble. You will get yourself in trouble with God mistreating me. You got to let people know, child of God. You got to let people know so people don't just just feel like they can just do you any kind of way and treat you any kind of way because you and I are children of God. And God, the same way you wouldn't like You're not going to like somebody just mistreating your son or your daughter. God does not like when individuals mistreat his sons and his daughters. we got to let people know. You know, in ancient Israel, if you had leprosy, you know, they would confine lepers and put them out in leper communities and different things. And if you ever came up on somebody that didn't have leprosy, you were required to cry out, leper, leper. In other words, you had to let people know. That you were a leper in case somebody mess around, and walk up on you and see your face and it's looking like a, you know, it's looking like a, something scary or something and you freak somebody out. So you had to let people know. Leper, leper. You know, a lot of times law enforcement officers, when they come to your house or they, they, they get made to make, they identify themselves. This is the police. Open up. This is, this is the police. Open up. They got to identify themselves. We're children of God, we need to identify ourselves. Before someone mistreats us and gets themselves in trouble with God. Jesus made the good confession. And look at what Paul writes. He he charges us to keep this command, watch this, without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be glory and honor forever and ever. Now, Paul closes out. and We're about to finish this message this morning, children of God, the Lord willing. Paul closes out to Timothy and he said, look, there's some folk around you that's doing pretty well financially. Some of you all on the sound of this vo- on the sound of this broadcast, you're doing pretty well financially. It's a apostle, how, how you know? I'm a prophet. God's gonna show me. You're doing pretty well financially. Yeah. Paul knew that Timothy was running into some individuals that were doing pretty well financially. And Paul said, look. God has a word for those of you who are doing well financially. Paul said it 2,000 years ago. God has given me the charge to say it today. Paul told young Timothy, he said, command those who are rich. Now, if you're not rich, you don't have to, you don't have to so much you know, be too worried about this right here. All right? But if you are rich... As we talked about, we talked about some time ago, you got to know when the word of God is being directed at you or at your particular group or at your particular, because God is not saying everything to everybody. Just like a parent that has 10 children, he's not saying the exact same thing to all 10 children. He has a unique relationship with every one of those children. So it is with God, with us. God has a unique relationship with every one of us. You know, there are certain things God going to tell me he's not telling you. There are certain things God going to tell you he's not telling me. So what we have to be able to do is to discern and decipher the voice of God so that we can walk in the unique set of instructions that God has for each one of us. Now, there are certain things that God is saying to everybody. That's called the universal word of God. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You know, certain things God is saying to everybody. But then there are some unique words from God, things that God may be only saying to you, things that God may be only saying to your group, things that God may be only saying to men, things God may be only saying to women, things God may be only saying to apostles, prophets. Well, here is a unique word for the rich. When you say, Apostle, what do you mean rich? When you got more than enough of something, you are considered rich. Don't you know, you know to, to those of us who are not millionaires, millionaires seem rich. Well, once you make a, start making a million dollars, then you start being like, man, I don't feel like I'm rich. You see those who are making a billion dollars as being rich. But once you get to be a billionaire, you're like, man, I ain't rich because there's, there's some trillionaires out there. So, so understand, a simplified definition for rich is when you have more than enough in something because in that thing, you are rich. If you have more than enough, some people are rich in food. You go by some people' house, man, they got food all in freezers, deep freezers, all kind of food tucked away in. Well, you're rich in food. You might not have a whole lot of money, but you're rich in food. Some people rich in clothes. Go in their closet. They got more pair of shoes than than they, they, they can ever wear. I mean, more suits and dresses. Well, then they were rich in that. Some people rich in cars man you've got so many vehicles in your at your house it look like a car lot so whatever you have more than enough of god considers you rich in that Mm -hmm. some of y'all didn't know that some of y'all were just thinking money Mm -mm, mm -mm. Uh -uh. rich you, you know there are many things you can be rich in some people are rich in wisdom they just got a lot of wisdom from God. They just they just, God be telling them and showing them a whole lot of things. Some people rich in, in faith. So whatever we are rich in, God expects, God commands us to share a whole lot of that. Look at this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be get arrogant or nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. But to put their hope in God, watch this, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. God richly provides everything that God blesses you with. He wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to enjoy it. See, in our children of God, and I've shared this with you all a number of times, this is why, you know, many of us think that, you know, that money is, is it. Money is it. You know, some people think, and we just, you know, we looked at how that Paul was talking to Timothy about how the love of money was the root of all evil. Why? Because the deception is that money is, is the principal thing. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that money is the, the principal thing or money is the supreme thing. You go to, to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. The Bible says wisdom is what? Supreme. Meaning that doing what God says, that's the most important thing. Not money. Not money not mammon, not riches, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Now, money, we thank God for money, and it has its place and it has its uses. You know. But if somebody, if I was to say to you right now, and I've shared this with you before, I give you $100 million, or somebody say they're going to give you $100 million, but in order to get it, they were going to chop off both your arms and chop off both your legs. One of the saints is saying no. Why? Because what you're saying is my arms, and the use of my arms and legs is more valuable than all the money in the world. So that lets us to know if somebody say, "All right, we're gonna give you a hundred million dollars, but we're gonna we're gonna have to infect you with the AIDS virus." Would you take the money and be infected with AIDS? Virus? No. Most of us would. You know, there might be one or two two of y'all out there like, "Yeah, man, give me that money. I don't care. Gotta gotta die anyway." Uh-huh, okay, well, but most of us would be like, "No, no," because what we're saying is our health is more important than. Money. see, Or somebody come in and say, look, you know, I give you $100 million, but I'm going to kill everybody in your family. You still going to take that deal? Some of y'all out there be like, yeah, man, ain't, ain't never done me nothing no good. No. But most of us be like, no, no. My loved ones, uh-uh. So what we understand is that health and loved ones, a whole lot of things that are more important than money, you know, when you look at it that way. But what happens is the adversary a lot of times deceives people and have people thinking that money is the principal thing. So you got a lot of individuals, and this is again why you can turn your news on and see all kinds of atrocities every day that individuals commit behind the love of money. Money is not meant to be loved. Money is meant to be used. God, see, see, if you love money, and I, I was trying to get this thing, if you get this thing right earlier, if you love money, you use God and you use people. But if you, you love God and you love people, you'll just use money, which is the proper attitude toward riches. I could, the Lord wouldn't bring that thing. I couldn't get that thing out earlier like that. If we love God and we love people, we'll use money, which is the, what, what it's for. But if we love money, then we'll try to use God and try to use people, which is improper. So God gives us things for our enjoyment. Well, you said, Apostle, what's the command to the rich? Here it is now. we can getting ready to close out. Command them or those who are rich to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. There it is. Proper attitude toward riches. If 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 whatever it is you have and you're not willing to share it, that's the wrong attitude toward that. What it, whatever it is, whatever it is, that that thing that you're not willing to share has become a little god to you. Don't nobody drive my car but me. Huh? There's, there's your car. There's your little god right there. There's your little god. Ain't nobody getting none. uh, There's your little God right there. If God has given it to us, He means
0: for us to share it. Remember the rich young ruler
1: in Scripture. No, come asking Jesus, what good thing must He do to inherit eternal life? Jesus started giving him a list of stuff he already knew he was doing. Young man was like, you know, I'm already doing that. I've been doing that from my youth. Then Jesus came back and said, all right, then go sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Then come follow me and you will have riches in heaven. Jesus said, all right, all right, then let me, let me hit you. Since you want to talk about what you've been doing, let me hit you with what you're not doing. The Bible said this young man went away from Jesus sad because he had great wealth. Well, it wasn't so much that he had great wealth that he went away from Jesus sad. He, he went away from Jesus sad because he was not willing to do with his great wealth what God wanted him to do. I pray for you under the sound of my voice. Be willing to do what God wants you to do with whatever he gives you. And that will cause him to give you and to bless you with more. Capital E and I outline the proper attitude toward riches. May God continue to bless each of you and heaven continue to smile on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.
0: Since you can reach us through email at the thechristensourchurch at gmail.com. Check our website www.church.com www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe's precast YouTube and iTunes at 9 and 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call seven two four four
1: four four seven four four four. Enter ID one seven nine five nine.
0: On this precast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christ Concern Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk Show homepage. God bless you and heaven small you in Jesus' name. Amen. So,